You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So, again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think, uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Autumn Sonata, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Autumn. So glad to have you on. You are our newest member of Queens of Intellect. <laughs> So I've uh, had you on the show once before for conversation with smart people. I highly recommend you go find that show, I think maybe a couple of years ago now. Um, but again, Queen, glad mm-hmm. to have you on as a first-time guest co-host. So if you will, say hello to the Thank intellectual you. outcasts, as I now call all of our listeners before we introduce our returning special guest, also former co-host on the show for a number of years, but if you will, Queen, say hello and tell them a little bit about yourself. Oh, goodness. Well, good morning, tribe. I don't call you my tribe because now you're my family. Um, as my employee was saying, my name is Autumn. Um, I was a guest on the show, you know, about two years ago. Um, honored to be asked to, you know, co-host. It's a wonderful show. I love what you're doing with the platform and with the community. So, yeah, excited to dig into this topic. I am a single woman. I am not a single mother, but we'll talk about that, too. So, yeah, excited to jump in and get going. Nah, absolutely. And long-time returning co-host, I have Hillary Roberts, if you will, Queen. Thank you for being black with us, as I like to say. Uh, if you will, Queen, say hello to the truth seekers. Hello to Autumn. And if you will, give a little bit of your background in, in regards to what may, in a sense, relates to the morning, this morning's discussion question before I let the cat out the bag. But thank you for being back with us, Hillary. Uh, good morning, Montoya, and good morning, everyone. I'm honored to be uh, asked back uh, with you this morning. Um, I'm Hillary Roberts, and I am a longtime listener to the show. Uh, and supporter of Montoya. <laughs> um, I am a married mother, and um, I used to uh, run a program, Black Girls Cook, which 
still exists. I just, you know, have stepped back from that, and I'm doing just some other community projects. Um, so that's pretty much what, where I'm at now, and I'm glad to be no. with you this morning. No, absolutely. You ran off and got mad on me and had a child, and I was like, well, you know, she's going to be busy raising that baby, so I'm going to go ahead and give her a break, you know. So it was pretty easy to let you off the hook, but Hillary used to hold me down and used to go back and forth with me when I would word these discussion questions in a crazy manner. I'm surprised she didn't beat me up for today's wording of the question, (laughs) if you will. Um, She'd be like, Montoya, the show's too smart. Are you asking them dumbass questions? Yeah, that's not about right. Listen, Hillary, when I yeah, first heard the topic, I was like, oh, my God, we in trouble. <laughs> this topic, some, I had, like, two or three people inbox me. It's like, what the hell, Autumn? Are you going to really talk about this? It's like, just listen. Just pay attention. Call in. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited. Yep. Hold, thank you, Autumn, for being willing to hold me down. Because I really had to get the right <laughs> two ladies to pull this show off, and both of you are that. So that is partly, as I told you, all of what prompted me to bring you black, is I like to say bring you black instead of back, right? Bring you black to the show, if you will. And so I was like, you know, Olive Branch, come on back to the show. We need you because I'm doing this show that uh, that could be very difficult to do. Without further ado, if somebody's just now tuning in and hasn't seen the promotions for this show, I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and ask the question. And we'll get started with this morning's show. This morning's discussion question. Do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? That is this morning's discussion question. Again, I'll say it again. Do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? If you're a first-time listener, again, I go by the name Black Socrates. So we always do our show in the form of a question. And the idea is to ask intelligent, deep, seated questions to see if we could have discussions that we're not used to having but are very much needed, if you will. And so, actually, Hillary, with you being the special guest, and again, surprised you didn't beat me up for the show question, or maybe you're just used to the fact that he's probably not going to change it, but you were interested in jumping <laughs> on the show. So uh, thank you for not beating me up to fight me to change the title of the show. And it's not that I'm a fan of the title. You know that. But at the end of the day, you know, we just try to go a little deeper than even what the question may seem. So with that said, um, Hillary, it's been a while since you've been on the show, but it's a long time listening. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with this process. I like to start the show asking, when you first heard the question worded specifically that way, what was your first initial thought? My first thought was like, here he go again. <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, it's, you know, like a lot of your questions, it's a kind of a sticky situation um, because certainly being a parent myself, any mother, any parent deserves the utmost respect for doing the best that they can do. Um, but then I also feel that because parenthood is so hard that, we should not be encouraging people to go into it going alone. I just don't see the benefit of doing that or what the advantage to doing that would be, which is a different situation than people who wind up being single parents. So I think it's also important to make distinction in what we're going to be talking about. You know, no, absolutely. What's the situation? No, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely are going to get into the nuance and distinction. The question is never simply as it seems, if you will. Uh, but, Autumn, if you will, without going too deep, if you will, just, again, your initial <laughs> thought 
Um, yeah, beyond oh Lord, <laughs> you already said that part. So, so beyond beyond oh Lord, what was your first initial thought uh, when you heard the question worded that way? I know you and I kind of dug into it a little bit, but before we get into you know the digging in part, but just that initial, uh, as you said, people inboxed you and and you were like listen in. So, what was kind of your thought in in hearing the question worded particularly that way? Um, so initially when I heard the title, my first thought was, um, how would the public perceive this and what would they take away in, you know, as this meaning? And that's where the old Lord came from. But when I looked at the title in my head, it was the word that stuck out was respect. And my answer to that is no, we do not, you know, respect single mothers too much because the, the definition for respect is a feeling of deep admiration for someone's abilities. And single parenthood, as Hillary was saying, is very difficult. Um, but the qualities and the abilities and the achievement that come from it is one that should be admired and respected deeply. So, no, I don't think we uh, respect um, single mothers too much. All right, sounds good. Well, we have about a minute before break, and I'm not going to reveal my thoughts. I'm going to hold those for later, if you will. Again, this is going to be an excellent dialogue. I will go ahead and give out the number a little early because we do want to get others' people's three cents, as we like to call it when you call into the show. If you're listening online, the number to get in this morning is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one, and we'll come back and get hot and heavy on this morning's discussion question. Do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? We'll be right back. Where all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Fine of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What you been collecting them like over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. My man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes too. Let me check their IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. I'm in. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendrick Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. Black sure. women aren't, if we want to talk about women, I guess. Black women aren't looking for marriage. Matter of fact, you have black women like that woman, the Simmons woman, and T.I.'s daughter, who both didn't mm. mind having babies, but when Mm-mm-mm. asked the question, why didn't you get married? They openly stated, I'm not ready for marriage. You so go. you're openly ready to have a child that you can't get rid of, I, I, I but not agree. a marriage. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Autumn Sonata. This morning's discussion question, do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? Our special guest is Hillary Roberts, as we hear a quick cut from the Fresh, fresh and Fit 
podcast. I'm just throwing out a so very brief cut saying, um, highlighting you know a couple of celebrities again. Our community, our culture, in a sense, watches celebrities too much. But using that example, um, I think it was maybe a maybe I think it may have been Angela Simmons. I may be wrong on the Simmons, uh, but Ti's daughter as well saying, "Hey, they were not ready to be married, but obviously on the verge of having children or have now have had their child." And so another way I promoted this question, and um, Hillary, I'm gonna start with you again. Another way I worded this question as I was promoting the show was the idea of is marriage considered harder than being a single mother? And as I watched the feedback on the post, I realized I probably should have worded it is marriage harder than being a baby mama. And I'm just highlighting that aspect because that was a distinction that I was in a sense challenging people to relate to this, to this morning show, if you will. And so when you hear that cut saying, Hey, here's a young lady that says, Hey, I'm not ready for marriage, but Hey, already bringing a child in the world. And then me asking that though, really the same question in another way that we're having this morning, a baby mama or marriage, which is harder in so many words. I think it's kind of the same question in my opinion, but your thoughts uh, you know, against hearing those young ladies say, hey, not ready for marriage, but having a child, or which is considered harder in the culture, if you will. You can kind of jump them, jump at both of those, if you will. Um, I can't imagine that it would be harder. But, I mean, let's be clear. Marriage isn't easy. I mean, I've been married twice. It's not easy. It takes everyday consistent effort on both parties' parts. And maybe sometimes even one person more than the other. It's a cycle. So marriage itself isn't even easy. But parenthood is even way harder than that. So I just don't see how it would be. If you're not ready to parent a child within a marriage where hopefully you're both on the same page or at least striving to be on the same page and have a vested interest in being on the same page, how would it be easier trying to navigate that with someone that you really have nothing, you know, other than this child, like you, nothing else may be the same. It may be like a very contentious situation, sometimes even off the bat, um, and certainly in situations where, you know, the child was unplanned, maybe one party, you know, doesn't want to, you know, have children with you or at all, you know, I just don't see why you have been single and parenting and co-parenting with someone who is on the same page with you and never was could be any easier, <laughs> easier road than in a marriage or just even a marriage without children. I, I don't see it. Autumn, your perspective. Again, I just kind of, I do that quite often. I'll have the show worded one way and then I'll promote different versions of the, of the question just to kind of create this perspective that we want to talk about. And so I listened to that cut that we just heard where these young ladies said, yes, they're not ready to be married, but yet they have children. I think of it in that context of in our society, do we consider marriage harder than being a baby mother? I think it's in that context uh, and, and want to hear your thoughts when you hear that question. How do you, what's your perspective on that? If you will, queen. Yeah. So, um, just to back up a little bit about me, I am a single woman um, with five children who has a healthy co-parenting relationship with my ex-husband. Um, 
I've been married twice, divorced twice. I, when I first heard the question or read the question, the first thought was their mindset is one that looks at marriage in a different way, one that looks at parenting in a different way. Mine is completely different. Of course, that didn't come with trials and tribulations and growth, but it, it, communicate, it communicated to me that those women may have some, some growing and some healing to do um, as it pertains to their perspective on marriage and parenthood. Um, I get the question all the time, like, how do you do it? I have four boys and one girl, ages ranges from 7 to 20, going on 21, and they're all very different. Coolest kids you'd ever meet, all very different. And that's not to say that I don't have my moments where I'm just like, listen, I'm tired. Leave me alone. You know, I want to be married with a soul partner who would make this thing easier and fun, more fun, like the, the contribution to pairing for uh, me when it comes to marriage is one that we share in the delight of parenting together, and he would have that same perspective on parenting. Like it's fun. Not to say it's not challenging, but it's fun. Um, the perspective from to me for women who say I would prefer to be a mother first and not a wife is – uh, someone who has experienced marriage as a obligation and one where there are two different people coming together for the wrong reasons. Um, we look at marriage and we, we idolize it and fantasize it to be something where it's all good and we're happy every day. You know, the joining of these two people makes our lives easier when in actuality when you're joining out of convenience, when you're joining out of um, just you know, being comfortable or content when you're joining for financial reasons solely or out of force sometimes or out of trauma bonding, yeah, that's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard because your souls are not in it. When you're operating out of a soul frequency, then you're joining because those qualities align, those core values align. And while there still may be discomfort because we're always growing, we know that the, the baseline and the foundation of this marriage is one that is built out of good. And so everything else on top of that, including parenting, is done together and out of soul alignment. So it makes things easier and it becomes, like I said, fun. But for those who um, look at marriage as a chore, hell yeah, they might think that, you know, I prefer to be a single mother over a married woman because oftentimes we go into relationships looking to take or receive things and control things. And with children, your own children, they may think that they can control them or mold them to be how they want them to be. When you're going into a relationship with a grown man or woman, they're already molded, so you can't take from them. Oftentimes, you have to give. And when you have a shifted mindset, the one who's equipped with taking or was raised by a mother who only took, then it may be hard for you to adjust to a relationship where you need to actually give. So I'm going to stop there. I mean, I'll go too deep. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, Hillary, any thoughts about what what you've heard uh, from Autumn in reference to uh, the concept of, in a sense, and I'm really kind of saying in society, this is, are we in a society now where people consider marriage harder than quote unquote being a baby mother, or I'll say even baby father for that matter? Um, but any thoughts about what Autumn had to say, in, you know, in her perspective on why people see it the way they may see it today? think Autumn, you know, brought up some good points uh, that I agree with. Uh, the ideas that people have, like they may not be realistic or 
um, like when she was talking about how you, you can mold it or you think you can mold the child, you know, I think we all know just that even as being children, you you know, parents aren't always able to mold you to what they want. And it could still, there's still a relationship dynamic there that will change over time. Um, but I don't know that people in society or, you know, in general think marriage is hard. I think they may see it as something unattainable or something they're not going to be able to, um, you know, maintain over a long period because I feel like, especially like in our generation where a lot of people grew up with single parents, they may not have seen the the model or enough of it mm-hmm. to really, you know, and the relationship dynamics they did see may have been problematic in a lot of ways. So I think it's more that a lot of people might see it as something they just, it's just unattainable. So that's why they don't even try. No, nah, that makes sense. Uh, I've got a caller that wants to get in before I go to the caller. But let me have you now, because everything y'all are saying makes sense. Um, but you said, hey, now that you've done it, there's no way that it's it's harder than parenting. So if you could just put some perspective for someone who, who feels that way, right? They, they, they've they experienced, maybe like you said, maybe they've seen relationships, and based on what they've seen, they say maybe say, I don't want it, or they might think, I can't attain it. Um, however, there was a time historically, right, where people, for the most part, would avoid having children, if possible, outside of saying, all right, it takes both of these entities, both of these energies, both of these people to even pull off parenting. Because, again, as you mentioned, Hillary, it's hard even when you are together. So for someone out who, there who feels that way, why would you suggest? And, and, and Autumn, you can jump on this as well, then we'll go to the caller. Uh, but why would you suggest in your your experience that it is actually still much harder than trying to pull off a marriage, which, like we all, I, even I agree and see and hear enough people, I've never been married, that it that it can be very, very difficult. I've had friends, you know, that have been married, some divorced, some back married again. So I get that part, but you still say parenthood is harder. Just kind of address that, if you will, Hillary. Um. Well, it's just like okay, if my daycare provided like this poem the other day, and part of it was saying, you know, it's talking about the relationship between the parent and the child. The parent is there; they may, you know, the child is beaten, you know, hearing a beaten to their own drum. You know, their your job is to just let them fly and do what they want. Your job is not, you know, they're not your trophy. They're not something like a canvas you can paint on. You have to fill your own bucket. You have to heal your own self. It's not the child's job to do that. In the same way, it's really not your partner's job to do that either. Um, but it's just how Autumn was saying, like, when you're tired, when you would just maybe like to be alone for 15 minutes without somebody, you know, calling you or needing something. And if you were single, like, you would never really get that time. I mean, to yourself, which you need, because I feel like, women aren't given a chance or they are guilted if they just want some alone time or just time mm-hmm. to, you know, just have peace and not have to do things all the time. Like, we're not supposed to be struggling. You know, that's my belief. Like, we are not supposed to be struggling. Um, so why you would make something that's already inherently difficult and make it even more difficult really doesn't make any sense. Like, a marriage has challenges like anything else in life that has challenges 
and you have to just rise to face them. But at the end of the day, like, if it just doesn't work out, you know, you can put a period and move on. You can't do that with your children. You know, if you don't feel like making dinner, too bad. Like, you have to do it anyway. Um, you know, you've got to drop them off. You just have to do everything, especially when they're small. You have to do everything for them, and that takes a lot out of you. You don't have to do everything for another adult. Um, you can reason with another adult. You can't reason, you know, mm-hmm. with a 15-month-old. It's <laughs> not going to work out, and then you'll get frustrated, you know, in different in a different way than if you're having issues with your partner. But even when things are bad with your partner, you have both probably have to. You can get on the same page. Like, you're two adults. You can figure out something. And if you can't, then that's fine. But when you're responsible, totally responsible for someone else, it's just the stakes are so much higher. Nah, it makes sense. And you I can read the I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were mm-hmm. finished. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I don't know why someone would voluntarily want to just start off. I'll Like, you know, I I don't want to be married. I just want to – I mean – and then, again, I'm talking, like, it's not someone maybe, like, this older, you know, an older woman that just, you know, her time might be running out. Like, again, different situations. But right. I'm talking, like, primarily about younger people that don't know ish from apple butter about anything. And they probably have bizarre ideas or unrealistic ideas about what marriage and or parenting really entails. Uh, makes sense. I mean, you can reason with a 15 month year old, but they're probably going to win. Yeah, that's how. That's how. <laughs> yeah, they're going to win. You can, you can negotiate, but you're probably going to take a L in more cases than not. That's, I'm just saying. Yeah, because um, at the end of the day, like, you can't, like, I'm trying to potty train my daughter. I can't force her to actually go. <laughs> I can't make her go. So I just got to hear and be patient. <laughs> you know, like, you know, but if it's an adult, I don't have to do all of that kind of stuff. You know, it's that kind of thing. No, nah, absolutely. Hey, Arnold, we got a couple of listeners, so let me at least get one of them in before I go back to you, Queen. Um, and we may get the other okay. one after the break. Area code 407, last three, 400. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Good morning, Montoya. Um, my name is Ashley. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to call in and say, like, I don't even think it's a fair um, comparison. You know, I I feel like either one is hard because, so for reference, I'm single, no kids. I've never been married. Uh, And so I I think I look at all of the challenges and, you know, I, I know one of the ladies mentioned that some people think that marriage is unattainable, but I think a lot of people tend to think that marriage is harder because <laughs> all of these things with like married people being in DMs and like people really not holding the commitment to the level that it has. Um, but I think like parenthood is something that you can't even compare because it's a different dynamic of what you're doing in, in marriage. In my personal opinion, you are trying to um, learn and heal and do life with another person and hopefully they're doing the same thing. Like you're elevating and growing together. And that doesn't necessarily mean like being a power couple or couple goals or any of those things, but like you're doing the work and unpacking your traumas and like showing up as your most authentic self with this other person and vice versa. Whereas child where you are a single parent or a parent, like you are literally shaping and molding a child's life And I think if you are trying to be a conscious parent, that 
also means you working on and doing the necessary work in your life so that you're not or you're reducing the amount of trauma or projections that you're putting on your child. And I I don't think it's fair to compare them because as the other lady mentioned, like, you can't you can't reason with a 15-month-old, you know, and, and so it becomes like you have to remember what you're doing and why you're doing it and capture and, and not try to go down till when things go awry when you're managing um, your child versus when you're with your partner. I, I just don't think it's a fair description. It's kind of like the, to me, it feels like that who has it worse, men versus women, like which one is worse, marriage versus um, raising a child. And, and I get it. I appreciate the conversation. I just don't think it's a fair comparison because each each component requires a different part of you. You know, like when you're talking about marriage, it's emotions, mentally, physically, financially, and it's the same thing with a child, but, like, it's not the same. So I just wanted to add my little three cents there. All right. That's your three cents. We're up against the break. I'm, I may try to keep you on because I would, I would challenge you from this standpoint. Um, it's not even for me about whether they're the same. It's the idea of understanding and I, in, in, in some agreements with Hillary in the sense that it is harder to parent. And since it is harder and historically humans have understood it's so hard that two entities trying to figure out the marriage part is difficult. And as, as you might mention, as different as it may be in reference to the child who you have no choice in most cases than more cases than not. It's always been understood this is necessary in order to do the things in order to bring these children along the best you can. Obviously, if you end up, as Hillary said, if you end up single, not by choice, or even if you single without getting married, obviously you do the best you can. But in more cases than not, historically, two people trying to figure out a hard-ass marriage has typically been much better than not. Just throwing that out. We all against the break. I may give you a chance to respond um, after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Area code, um, last three, three, seven, seven. We'll get to you after the break as well. We'll be right back. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. translate for you. She's mad because every six months you want to roll up in here and tell people what to do. Well, this is a 24-7 job. Mm. Do you understand me? I don't care what you think about her. This woman, the mother of your child, she is a damn good mother. Whether she's sick, when she's tired, when she just plain old don't feel like it. She don't have anybody to pass the baton to. Nobody here to pass it to. She's the first one up in the morning and the last one to go down at night. She's the 
mother, the father, the doctor, the nurse, the chauffeur, the therapist. And if she decides to leave her son behind and go chase after her dreams, what would Dante be? So you may not like her, but you damn sure go respect her and you are going to thank her because without her, you couldn't do what you're doing. And you, destiny, having that baby didn't keep him, yelling and screaming and embarrassing yourself in front of people, that's not going to bring him back. Baby, he gone. He don't want you no more. You got to let him go. You need to think about how you all are going to raise Deontay right now together with what you got right now. This is it. Figure it out. Hell, use the girlfriend's solutions. Those were not bad ideas. Yes, me and Bill, we'll take him. And don't be mad because he can't take him. He's not here, but we are. And that is our deal. Baby, I know you're mad. Come on. And although you got every right to be mad, you are aiming it at the wrong. You're aiming it at the wrong people. That's enough. Uh, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Bill, I need All to right. just lay down come for on, a minute. Come on, come on. I'll go and get Deontay. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Otto Sonata. This morning's discussion question, do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? Our special guest, Hillary Roberts, uh, we have Ashley on the line. Autumn, if you will, real quick, Queen, um, your thoughts uh, to what Ashley had to say, and I'll get one more thought for her before we go to the next caller, but just your thoughts from the standpoint of, she says, I don't know if it's, a, in a sense, a fair comparison, and I, I'm personally wanting to highlight that they go so hand in hand. Um, and not that, you know, not that I'm necessarily disagreeing with her, but I'm just highlighting the fact that they go so hand in hand um, that, that I think we have to consider that part of it in my opinion. Uh, but go ahead, Queen, your thoughts to what Ashley had to say. Yeah. So um, for me, both dynamics is, is all about relationships, whether it be with your parents or your friends, your coworkers, your significant other, your children, it's all about relationship. And I hear all the time that um, relationships that you have with other people is an indirect reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. And I think based on that dynamic, it pulls out and reveals certain parts of yourself that you're either willing or unwilling to see. So for me, and this is my opinion with children, they tell you, they mirror back who you are in the raw, because they haven't had the chance or the life experience to develop a sense of self, so all they have is who you are and who that other parent is. So the stubbornness, the selfishness, the good and the bad, your children reflect that back to you, and you do yourself a, a justice to pay attention to that and say, how am I coming through this child, and how is that serving this child, and what is it going to teach me so that I can teach this child how to deal with that behavior? Like me, I used to be super stubborn, super stubborn. And I had a, my daughter, she reflected that back to me to the point where it was a pain point in my relationship with my daughter. And I hear a lot of times that mothers have, you know, um, uh, 
broken relationships with their daughters, but they're not realizing that that's them. That stubbornness, that bad mouth, that, that promiscuous behavior, whatever the case may be, that came from them. Or they learned it through demonstration from someone that is, you know, demonstrating femininity to them. So it's a reflection of your parenting and who you are. They only absorb what we show them and what we give to them. So that's a different dynamic. Um, going into parenting now versus when I first had my, my oldest child, he can tell you my parenting is totally different because I learned that instead of shaming them or blaming them or whooping them or disciplining them for what you put into them, explain to them how to fix that or highlight the good parts of them that came from you. So it's a different dynamic. It's a you versus, and I hate to say versus, but it's a you and you dynamic. When you're with someone else, with a marriage or um, an adult, any type of relationship like that, they reveal to you who you are too. But you also have to recognize who you are through that person and take on their stuff. So it's, it's you and them, totally selfless when you go into these relationships because it's different dynamics, but it's all about relationship with yourself. So when you are solid on who you are, you're good and you're bad, you can see that in your children, you can correct that behavior because that is your child. And then when you're in a relationship, you can hold space because you're clear, you can hold space for the other person to unpack their stuff. So they're both equally challenging because it requires mm -hmm. you to sit in with your stuff, but they're both equally rewarding because when you're clear, you can hold space and offer love out to that other person. No, it makes sense. I actually think I hear where Ashley is, her point. I hear Ashley's points and what you just broke down and how those two d dynamics are different. And I, if I'm guessing right, Ashley, I'm going to let you come back on real quick. Um, that was kind of what you were pointing out, that they're just different. I think that's more of your point when you say unfair. But, you know, that's how I, at least that's what I gather in hearing Autumn respond to what you had to say. Uh, one quick thought, and we'll get to another caller as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely just about that difference, and I, I, I don't, yeah, that that's all I have to say. And, like, listening to the clip, it, it, I feel like when we focus on what it's like to be a single mother, like, we, we glorify that struggle. So it, it really is different, and we can't really compare dynamics between adult relationship versus that of a child and then see like who is struggling the most. It's just unfair and it's, yeah. No, fair enough. No, good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you. Matter of fact, before we go to the caller, Hillary, I would love for you to jump on what um, Ashley just said, because that definitely is part of the dynamic of even dealing with this question. She mentioned the idea of glorifying um, in a mm -hmm. sense, single mothers and their in their struggle, if you will, um, Hillary, your thoughts on that because that's part of the, the dialogue today. In a sense, is do we are we in a stage now where we glorify it so much so that it be, it becomes normalized behavior? When we think years ago, for example, my mother, um, an amazing single mother, if you will, uh, but years ago, I re, you know I've heard the story of in a sense back in the being born down in the South, she had to go before the church and say, I'm sorry. And in a sense of this idea of shame was a big part of the culture. We've clearly gotten away from it. And so your thoughts on the idea of even the idea that we glorify single motherhood today versus you know, how it used to be in the past, your thoughts on that before we go to the caller. Yeah, that's a great observation. It is glorified. And then you start losing like in the, um, clip you played during the break about really how hard it is <laughs> um, and 
like you, it's okay to glorify like you think your kid is going to grow up and be a football player and then get on the stage and thank you for all you did kind of thing. Like that's not going to happen for the vast majority of people. And in the way that we glorify, like, you know, she's the mother and the father and all that crap, you don't glorify like when people are having problems in their marriage, you know, it's not the same glorification of people that are, sticking it out, put it in the work, you know, or forgiving certain, you know, transgressions or anything like that. Like, you'll, you know, if a person is cheated on and they stay, usually we're saying, like, they're stupid. Not Mm -hmm. understanding that when we're in the marriage, you know, things are going to go wrong. Like, in any relationship or anything, something is going to go wrong. And I feel like when people, uh, I was listening to something the other day, and they were like, oh, yeah, they're asking, like, have you all, they've been married like eight years, have you had a fight yet? And I'm like, if you haven't had a fight yet, you don't even really know each other. You don't know even who a person really is until they are struggling in something or angry about something. Because when everything is going good, yeah, everyone's over there, P's and Q's. There's, you know, you don't know that person. You don't know yourself until you have to go through some strife in life. So when you're in a marriage and it's getting difficult, you sticking it out and trying to, like, make it work, that's not glorified. We look down on people like that. It's like, oh, just, you know, leave and move on, you know. But when you're struggling, you know, being the, like, in the clip, she's like, you know, the mother, father, the nurse, the doctor, like, all this stuff to a child, which is your job, (laughs) you know, you're, it's like you're supposed to. It's like the idea that you're supposed to struggle. And I told you, I do not believe we're supposed to be struggling all the time, and we're not supposed to create obstacles for ourselves. That should never be encouraged. It shouldn't be glorified or uplifted. Um, and when people are in hard situations, we as a community should be there to help. Um, like was also mentioned in the clip. No, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, that's the thing I love about Autumn, you know, from what I know about her, you know, she has a village based on, you know, the scenario that she's given and that's, you know, in a sense that helps her in a sense with her five children, as she mentioned, um, good co-parenting situations. So, you know, that happening is two adults understanding intentionally in a sense, in my opinion, you know, Hey, these children matter and come first. And so, you know, in a sense, um, so I, I, like you said, Hillary, that village is something that everybody says, oh, we need a village. But a lot of times when you say the idea that we shouldn't struggle, a lot of people are getting into a situation where there's a child being involved or a child being brought forward without a village. That is the situation. And so even yeah, I without, think like we're missing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. We're missing like the intention, intentionality, like in right. all things, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. If you are married, you have to have the intention of where you're trying to get to, who's going to do what, when, or, you know, stepping up when maybe this isn't something you normally do or is your quote-unquote job or something. Like, you have to have an intention because we're trying to get somewhere, and it's the same thing with your parenting. It, you have to be intentional, and I don't think, you know, over maybe like the last couple of generations, people have been intentional in either regard, like I want to help the child get, you know, or make as many opportunities as I can for the child, Um, not just do what I want to do with the child, but, you know, so that the child has, like, you know, as many opportunities to choose from and any path they want to go in, I want to, like, that's my idea about what I want for my daughter. Like, I just want to 
be able to make as many avenues that she can choose from. But no, her choice I, is still hers. No, dope. No, I love it. I love it. We got about a minute before break, so I'm gonna, um, if you could throw in a quick thought, and I'm gonna get to the caller after the break. A quick thought to anything that's been said, um, if you will, Queen. Just keep it real short, if you don't mind, though. Um, I would just say single mothers have forgotten how to ask. Okay, uh, I think society now has propped us up on a pedestal of pain, normalizing our voices being muffled because we've forgotten how to ask. And I think that's the difference between um, a mother who is parenting out of privilege and joy and a mother who's parenting out of obligation and pain. No, I like that. Yeah, we've done some some mm-hmm. d- deep discussions on things like this. And, yeah, we talked about what we were talking about, in a sense, the strong black mother or the strong black woman trope, if you will, that's so detrimental to our community. And I remember on that show the conversation of how even there are some women who, like you said, to the point where they take pride in being the superwoman, even though it's breaking them down. Yes. And they, and, and they mm-hmm. get used to not even asking for help. And they accept it as their badge of honor while it's hurting themselves. So that's a that's a great point, um, Autumn. Yeah. Do not call me superwoman. Do not. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. Everything in your life. Don't get me the shirt, the socks. Don't put an S on my chest. I don't want it. That ain't even my it. initial. Don't do it. I love it. I love it. Let's go to this break, and we'll get to 377 Come out of this break. LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478 478- 781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. Name me a rap lyric that's respectful. Name me some music that these niggas make that's respectful. How the fuck they go demand some respect when they some of the most disrespectful motherfuckers to the black woman we ever seen? How? And not only are they in it in their lyrics, they in it in their actions. Future got 12 baby mamas just putting babies everywhere. Ain't raising nothing up. Niggas just making fatherless babies everywhere. When all the statistics say fatherless children, nigga, is at the greatest detriment. How this nigga doing this? Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Autumn Sonata, if you've not figured out, we are not a politically correct show as I bring in a cut from none other than Charleston White for those who may know that brother who's pretty popular on the internet now, highlighting hip hop and picking out future in particular. He actually has eight baby mothers and eight children, so he was wrong in his number just to get that clarity. Uh, but I wanted to kind of shock the conversation into another aspect of what he talked about. Uh, all of the numbers that show the detriment in general to children 
when they are brought up in a one-parent situation versus a two-parent situation, and it's almost like all of that is forgotten, in my opinion, due to how we have normalized it. Or what always happens is we don't make apples-to-apples comparison. They'll demonize. I saw it happening even as I was promoting this show. People would, in a sense, sometimes demonize the, the concept of marriage, if you will, and think of a bad marriage and put it up against you know, maybe your situation, Autumn, where you're pulling this off and I'm doing an amazing job with your five children, with your family's help. It is beautiful. And somebody might compare a bad marriage to, well, look how she's turning out. Or I know some some great, in a sense, I, you know, single parents. I applaud my mother for, how, you know, how she did it. Now, luckily, we had my grandparents as well. Until I was eight, we lived with them. And when we moved, it was I could walk there in eight minutes. So I always had that village to, you know, surrounding me as well. So we can highlight the LeBron James situation, right? That's an amazing situation, but Hillary already pointed out that's not the vast majority. And Charleston, as controversial as that cut is, is speaking facts. Uh, what is it? Truth to power when we say the, ter- the way that that turns out for most children is not that great. Again, it's, if you're single and doing well, that's fine. But the reality is we're signing up typically for a bad situation Versus the better one. He and and Charleston says, "How are we doing this?" So before I go to the caller, Hillary, any thoughts to hearing you know Charleston passionately call out like, "Why are we doing this?" And look at our culture, our music doesn't highlight the black woman, and so we just out here spreading babies and not having and and not taking care of them. Your thoughts, Hillary? Uh, well, I mean, I listen to rap music and have you know all my life, but that is a good point. That I mean, I don't there is like a level of disrespect to women in the music. And it's ironic because a lot of them were raised by single mothers. So, you know, your mom is there, she's the one there doing everything for you, yet you're still exhibiting or, you know, some rappers still exhibit some level of disrespect um, to women. And I I don't know that uh, there's some dynamic there that is very wrong. Like if it's, because they didn't have a strong male influence as well, which I think is very important because if you don't see other males, like, treating your mom with care and respect, that may also play a part. Um, and then I think also there's a part where they may feel resentful because they didn't have their father around, and they may low-key blame the mom, too, for that, you know, however the situation came about, um, and certainly, like, you know, with situation like features and things like feature and other similar situations it's just a it's just absurd amount of irresponsibility like it's and someone has to say like that is just not acceptable you can't be making babies all over the place um because if you have babies all over the place you can't like you you wouldn't have the time to invest all over town <laughs> let alone most people wouldn't even have the money to do that energy, you just wouldn't. And I don't understand any of Future's baby's mothers because he's just going to make the baby and then go ahead, leave you and make another one. So this is just rampant irresponsibility that we should, someone has to put their foot down and be like, it's just not cool. It's not cool, and it's not fair to the child to have to live like that. To you know, have a parent uh, abandon them outright, or just you know come around sometimes like that's just not fair to a child a child should have 
parents that are there invested in them all the time. No, absolutely. I'll say this, and I'm gonna go to three seven seven. So, so there's it's it's been normalized, in my opinion, unfortunately, to the point where you can get off the hook if you can quote unquote afford it. A future can afford it. So I can see how, in a sense, a, 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 even a young mother becomes number seven, number eight. Unfortunately, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I can at least get the perspective because what happens is we've gotten so used and I've had other shows about this of fathers who, who who want to be involved. Again, this is not about future but there are fathers who want to be involved, who are involved, if you will and some plenty or even good co-parents, if you will, but we've normalized doing it outside the home and again, I agree with you, it's very different. It's one thing if you know, you're living together, uh, married, and decide, you know what, this is going to be best for us not to be together. I think that's a completely different concept than those who never mm-hmm. do it, that are just signing up to start out that way and, and really believing that the money is enough alone. Let's go to um, the next caller. Area code 770, last three, 377. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya. This is Estanette. And I'm calling from Conyers. Um, this is a very interesting, to say the least, but I'll just go into my sentiments. I really think that we're given the wrong verbiage as glorifying something that we have just had to um, be immersed in. I think a lot of times we give words we call even normal what has ever been normal in our existence in this realm so i think we adapt i think it's just we adapt we adapt and we build and so i don't think any single mother brown here glorifying it i think we just just like when we say um oh black women are so strong we've had to be it's by default and so when we stop using words in which we have subscribed to it being that and it's not, I think that's really where the danger is. Can we ever give another for single parenting? I don't think anybody went in initially um, with the thought process, oh, I think I want to be a single. It's never been glorified. It's not been a glorified thing. It's something that we have been immersed into and forced into, and you make the best of the situation. But I don't think anyone is ever blind. Whether it looks like, you know, you hey, you made a meringue pie out of your lemons. You made lemon drops. You made pound cake. You made what you made based on what you had. So I don't think the narrative should ever be where we're normalizing it, blowing it, or any of the such. It is that we have learned to adapt to situations that many of us have been forced into. All and right, that's just my okay, that's my- No, thank you for your three cents. Let me say this, and um, your phone's kind of going in and out, so you may have to call back in. So I'll say in my lifetime, I feel like I've seen a definite shift. Uh, I remember um, in middle school in, in my, again, little southern three-stop light town, uh, I remember with the definitely things were black and white where I was from. I didn't meet a Hispanic person until I think I was in the sixth grade or something like that. So everything was black and white where I was from. But I remember the, the idea of, again, um, I told you, mentioned to, to a degree what my mother had to go through when she had me or whatever. But even when I was coming along, I remember like even white families, if you will, if a 
white girl so happened to get pregnant, they would even move her out of the town and we wouldn't see her again or whatever because of how that was looked upon. And so today's time, not saying that everybody does this, but you can definitely see, uh, on, you know, we're in the social media age, but on social media where a, a single mother, it is commonplace to put it front and center, the party that's being had of the baby shower. And there was a time when that wouldn't have happened and I'm just, again, I'm not talking about what's right and wrong. I'm just talking about there's definitely been a shift that now it's not about being forced, in my opinion, when you have, like we had, at the, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show, Isna, where we had two young mothers saying, oh, I don't, I'm not ready for marriage or whatever. And the reality is, here's another reality that a lot of people don't know. I should say a lot of people don't know, but maybe haven't thought about or seen. But at the end of the day, humans have the most babies between the ages 20 and 30. That's all humans, all races, all culture kind of always has been the case as far as the majority of children being had. So that's still the case, although we have a situation where um, very few of our children are being born within a marriage, if you will. Um, that's still the case. So what's happening is twenty today, 20 and 30-year-olds are choosing to have children and marriage is not on the table for a lot of people. That is a definite shift, in my opinion, versus what it was like when I was young. Um, isn't there, if you, I don't know if you called back, you still, I still got you live, so hopefully we can hear you. You're kind of going in and out, but I'll give you a response to what I had to say. Okay. Just something that I want you to think about, just from the standpoint of I definitely have seen that shift. Again, I'm not trying to be right or wrong, but I've seen that shift. Your thoughts? So I hope I'm being clear. Um, yeah, you have to call back in. We can't, we can't, we can't hear you. Oh. Yeah, we can't hear you. Yeah, you got to call back, and I'll get you back on. For anybody else that's on the line, you have to press one um, to in order to get in this discussion. Um, Hillary, any thoughts to even do what me and Isna are going back and forth about? I, again, I think there's a definite shift. I also would highlight that in some other cultures, shame still plays a role in this happening less. And I would think that it should happen less because at the end of the day, this is to the detriment of the children if you're volunteering, whether it's intentional or unintentional, to have your children come up in a struggling situation. Because, again, that's what happens, as you said, more than not. We can look to the exceptions, but the reality is a lot of times it's a struggling situation when we have the children without figuring out can we do it with the mate who wants to be there. Your thoughts, Queen? Um, I agree with you that, I mean, certainly my perception, like when I was growing up, when, you know, single parenthood was, it seemed like just something that was almost expected to happen, like, or teenage pregnancy was uh, something that was kind of you expected that was going to happen. That's the sense I got as a kid. Um, And I know that, you know, in previous generations, it was something that really was, I mean, obviously has always happened but certainly was something that was um, shameful or looked down upon. And I don't know that we need to go back to, like, all-out shaming, but certainly I feel something that should be discouraged because, again, what is the benefit? What are the advantages of having a child on your own to you or, or, more importantly, to the child? Like, what is the advantage there? How is it helping them get anywhere in life? And as we see across, you know, the last several generations where it's been kind of um, prominent, it really hasn't, I don't see where we have 
benefited in any way as a group of people. Now, nah, fair thoughts. We are up against the break. It's the mm-hmm. we'll get you um, coming out of the break. Definitely want to hear your thoughts as well, Autumn. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact... Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know it's me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. So when I make this post, a mother can teach you to be responsible but not how to be responsible for a family. You need a father for that. What I'm actually was highlighting specifically was, as we've mentioned time and time again on this broadcast, 82 or 84% of our households in our community are woman-led. Well, if she's there alone without a man at all, then unfortunately the family, the children, are never learning what does it look like for their mother to be taken care of. I'm not talking about him paying all the bills. Get the, Take the money out of it. Let's go to the things that matter. The providing of, okay, it's hard enough to raise a family when there are two involved. It's difficult to pull it off, especially if there's several children. So whether it's a single mother or even a single father for this matter, let me be very clear about this post, even though I put it in the context of needing a father. Whether it's a single mother or a single father, while a lot of my mother was an amazing single mother. While there are a lot of people who are an amazing single parents, if you will. Well, your children, unless you have other family structured around you in a village, which many of us don't have anymore, your children are not learning the dynamic of what does it look like when father looks out for mother or mother looks out for father. That's a dynamic they will have to learn elsewhere if you don't have an example inside the home. That was the bigger point of this conversation. So, yes, a mother can Mm -hmm. teach your children responsibility, but they won't see a father taking care of her. And so with a lot of us as boys seeing our mother do every damn thing, we don't grow into the natural space of what it looks like to take care of a woman. We start dating women, expecting her to do everything our mother did because our mother still found her best way to take care of us and clean after us, especially as boys, if you will. And so since that was the normal dynamic and our mother is our world, we go out into the world with a false sense of what a woman should be capable of doing. So we don't think nothing about 50-50 and still wanting that woman to do all the duties. We have no concept of how unfair 
that might be if I'm trying to start a family with this woman. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Autumn Sonata. Do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? Our special guest is Hillary Roberts. As you hear a cut from one of our previous shows where I had done a post and just put it in perspective of what children are not learning if they're not able to see the natural foundation, natural family dynamic, because at the end of the day, historically for 10,000 years since monogamy has been a thing, and we've went into that details on other shows, but since it's been a thing, uh, the reality is um, you learned it naturally through example. And the reality for our culture specifically as African-Americans is that's happening less and less. And because it's happening less and less, we're not thinking about the results of why we have the quote-unquote gender war that we're having now is because it's a lot of people who have not seen enough examples, and we're figuring it out, unfortunately, in my opinion, on our own, and we don't revisit conversations like this enough, in my opinion. Uh, Still got Isna on the line, so I'm going to give her a response, and Autumn, I'll hear your thoughts um, after Isna. All right, Isna, let's see if we got a better connection. Go ahead, Queen. Isna, you're live on the air again. Um, Autumn, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, Isn't it you're live? I want to give you one last chance. We can't hear you. Maybe we we have another bad connection. I'm sorry, Queen. I can't get you on. Autumn, go ahead and jump in. I think you have some, I heard you kind of could tell you had some thoughts before the break, actually, as well. So go ahead. Um, For whatever reason, I can't get um, Isn't it back in to give her a response. Go ahead. So my, my question would be why do we make marriage synonymous with a healthy environment to raise a child? Why is it that single parenthood is frowned upon today under the assumption that the mother or the father is doing it by themselves? Um, Back in the day, I think single parenthood was frowned upon because there was this narrow-minded way of thinking about marriage, that it had to be a man and a woman on one uh, level, and that it meant that both people would be involved in the nurturing of that child, and that, it, you know, it meant stability. But how many married women that you know, that I know, who are also single parents? How many married men do we know that are single parents? I know a few married men who are parenting by themselves even though they have a wife and vice versa for the woman. So it's not so much that marriage is the is the baseline or the foundation for a healthy environment. It's a agreement and a commitment between two healthy people or two people who are committed to raising a child together, whether that be man and woman, woman and woman, daughter and, and, and mother, you know, raising um, a grandchild, or whether that's a coach and a mom. It's a commitment to seeing a thing through for the betterment of that child. And oftentimes, like in my situation, the marriage did not last, the marriage in in a traditional sense. It didn't last with either one of them. But the co-parenting part of it is where the commitment came into play. That's where the real marriage is. And the co-parenting relationship contributes far greater and better to a healthy child than the marriage did. That was not a proper breeding ground for a child or a seed to be raised. But co-parenting, 
we speak each other's language when it comes to parenting that way now. So my question would be to the to the audience, why do we still view in twenty twenty two, why do we still view marriage as the as a positive force behind uh, raising a healthy child? Because just as we can rub off our um our traumas and our things, you know, to a child when we're raising it by ourselves, we can also do that in an unhealthy relationship, in a, in, a, in a house where there's fussing, there's fighting, there's aggression. We can raise the seed to be ugly in that, in that soil but still have a marriage. So I think we need to recognize that the healthy relationship is what contributes to a healthy child, not just a marriage because that is not synonymous. Right. So I have a, a hashtag. I would like to answer your question. Um, for other callers out there, you have to press one. If you're a new caller, you probably are not used to doing that. But if you want to get in on this discussion, you do have to press one. A lot of people listen via the phone. So if you want to get in, you do have to press one. So um, I would like to answer your question very briefly here before we go to another caller. But um, the answer, Autumn, unfortunately, is the reality is, again, making an apples-to-apple comparison, there are so many unfortunate situations where when you're highlighting the bad marriage, well, when you highlight how many bad single parent situations are compared to how many, I'm talking about for the children specifically, it's, it's not even close. So, so I say this to say that I'm never advising someone to stay in a bad marriage that is harmful to those children. So that's never the advice. Uh, again, the hashtag ultimately, I didn't mention it before, but that I push all the time is healthy marriage before children because you're absolutely right. There are plenty of healthy situations with a one parent or a co-parent that is a better situation than marriage. But in 2022, what is highlighted is how, unfortunately, we have so many children that are suffering because if you compare family dynamics, it's not even close to the success of children that come out of two-parent homes, and they don't even have to be – the best two-parent home, right? Again, I'm not saying stay in a bad situation and definitely don't stay in an abusive situation. We know clearly the data says don't stay in an abusive situation. So I'm not putting up bad marriages, but let's not put bad marriages, uh, you know, a great single-parent home or a great co-parent home up against a bad marriage. Put it up against apples to apples, and it's not even close. That's why it's still an issue in 2022. Yes, get out of your marriage if it's not best for the children, and you can do it better outside of it. Again, I'm saying that clear as I can, but the reality is a lot of the children are hurting and harmed based on the reality of never even seeing the dynamic. I had a friend who went from one school in South Carolina up to Charlotte years ago, and she found out by accident one day that none of her kids in her class was a black school had ever seen their parents together in the same bed. And it blew her mind coming from where she was from in the South Carolina. Let's go to area code 614, last three, five, one, six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Uh, yes, good morning. Uh, my name is Wendell. I'm calling from Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, my perspective actually does kind of mirror what the sentiment that you were just expressing, um, but it also piggybacks on what Autumn was saying, that um, when you're taking into account the impact of, of two um, parental figures on a child, um, whether they are married 
or not. The, the institution of the relationship between the parents is, in my opinion, less important than the parents' um, intention, predisposition, and execution of, of, uh, you know, of being a parent. So when it comes to single, uh, single motherhood, and I'm saying this as a, as a father who is single, um, having a, a, a good or at least a workable, amicable relationship with the co-parent um, is far more um, beneficial than saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm married. Because there are so many people, even if they're in what we would consider to be good marriages, um, you know, it's still a it's a learning process. So let me let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick. Let me yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off intentionally. So bear with me. I want to jump in and just give a thought to the dialogue that we're ha- that you're having right now. So yeah, absolutely. No one's going to disagree that setting up the dynamic that you're talking about is more important. So I can agree with that part. How about this challenge, though, the challenge of when we truly understand how important it is, which I think historically we understood this better, when we truly understand how important it is to try to have both entities on the same page, would it not, in a sense, require us to figure out, will this person be a great parent prior to having these children? And I'm asking that question. I'm not being facetious with that question. I'm asking that question that there is no argument against Two people figuring it out, like two people having great co-parent situation. I love it. I applaud it. So there is an argument against that and what you're saying. However, I am challenging the culture to think about that if we say what you're saying now, we disregard the, the thing that still proves to be the better outcome by far. The good, healthy marriage proves to be a better outcome in general for children in general, and we have a whole culture of children that have not seen it. Do you understand kind of where I'm challenged, the nuance of where I'm challenging what you're saying? Because I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but I consider what you're saying a Band-Aid compared to what has been proven to work better. Your thoughts on that, um, Wendell, if you will. Sure, sure. And I can absolutely see and, and understand that point. You know, we you've got decades and, and generations of of, uh, of histor- historical data that would support that that position, and and but what we also cannot um, discard and 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 discount is the fact that the culture has shifted, and so because the culture has shifted, unless there is a concerted um, effort to rewind the clock and put people back in the mind space of what worked in the past. We have to also, you know, we have to make place for the fact that how do we, um, you know, adjust in order to take into account the fact that we are dealing with a, a, a cultural shift that's happening right now and will continue to happen. We can either be, bemoan and and um, and yearn, yearn for the the days of yesteryear. And that's um, why we're called, and that's and, why we're up against the break, brother. I, we're up against the break, and I got some other callers. Sorry, sure. Um, but that's why we're called mental dialogue to revisit what can we take from it for people to think about it. Because now, as I've said, we're unconsciously having these children in the current time. So I'm not disagreeing with you, but this is not simply bemoaning 
what used to be a returning to that. What dialogues can we teach the next generation for them to have a better outcome than us? That's the question, in my opinion. Thank you for your three cents. Brilliant call today, brother. We up against the break. I'll get to another caller coming out of the break. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. I'm in. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. I think right now, man, and this is this is important, but a lot of men are lacking masculinity, and it's showing, and it's, and it's broad as daylight. And I sometimes think, like, some of the stuff that I see on Instagram, I'm like, yo, man. You need to pick your shit up and, and really be a man. You know what I mean? You want this boss woman to take care of you. That's not the role. That's like literally in every single religion, the man is the go-getter, period. So if, and, and I think a lot of women take offense to a man who wants a woman that's at home. It's not that, you know, we don't want a boss girl or a boss woman that's going to go out and go get the bread and go do those things. By all means, please go do it, but still make sure that you're sticking to the roles within the household that need to be there. Welcome to back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's the question, question, do we actually have too much respect for single black women, black mothers? Special guest co-host, Autumn Sonata, as well as special guest, Hillary Roberts. Hillary, your thoughts to some of what you just heard before I go to another caller? Um, yeah, I, with the last call I was talking about, you know, maybe getting back to yesteryear, I feel like it's just, let's just use, like, being practical and being logical. When you have to split your resources, split your time, like, split the effort, and maybe, you know, if you're just not invested in being a parent, whether you live with a child or not, that is what the crux of the problem is. And the fact is, people just aren't you know, oh, I'll just be a good single mom, is, you know, they have no intention for the most part, um, impractical, illogical, and don't have a real grasp of what this is all going to entail for them and the child. Um, And I also agree, it's not really, you know, of course there's bad marriages and you shouldn't, you know, necessarily, you know, stay in one that may not be healthy. But, again, that's a whole different situation, like as I stated off rip, if you become a single parent through, you know, some reason is different than you never had any intention of getting married at all or really any intention of raising this child with someone else. That is a problem. Again, what is the advantage to doing that? No one has said like, oh, like this is all the all the good things that come from that. We have seen that really no good 
almost no good really has come from that on a group level, not individual cases. You know, anyone can be a, you know, a good parent. And as I said, salute to any parent that's out here just doing their best in any situation they are in because it is hard. Um, but I just feel like we need to have, like, be honest and that this is not practical. It is not logical. It's difficult. It's expensive. And it does require really the two people that made the child, not all these extraneous, necessarily all these extraneous people that, you know, are helpful and are needed even when you have a marriage to have a village. But it's not, you know, the coach's job to raise your son. It's not really even your parents' job to raise your children, although, you know, my parents are certainly very helpful and my husband's um, parents are too. But it's not their job at the end of the day. Intentional about the parenthood and making a relationship with the parent, whether you are married or not, and have functional relationships. We are not having or seeing a benefit even in having the functional relationship because it is hard to do, and it takes a lot of effort on an everyday basis, which people seem to not want to do anymore, whether in a marriage or as parents. Now, I love those thoughts. Um, Autumn, I'm going to let you jump in as well. Let me just highlight something that Hillary just pointed mm-hmm. out. Again, something that, um, uh, I, again, just being somebody who's heavy, loving, looking into the data and stuff like that. So so I, when Hillary says what she says, this is what I would love for people to consider if, if they can. So when she's pointing out and on a group level, try to hear it based on what she said on a group level because, again, we're not talking about, and I know, like Autumn, I know your situation is amazing considering the situation. So when she says on a group level, try not to hear her on a personal basis of the situation that you know to be well. The reality is, for example, step-parent situations, when Hillary says it should be the two people, if possible, again, being the goal and the focus, what I hear Hillary saying is we definitely – it's no longer the focus. So clearly if it's no longer the focus, I'm not, there's people that do it that way, but clearly with it out being the focus, we're, we're trying to figure out how to be functional without a methodology that has been proven to be successful just from this standpoint alone. So even in step-parent situations where people have remarried, if, if I show you the numbers on how much more abuse happens, Again, that doesn't mean every step-parent situation there's abuse. Don't hear me that way. But the dialogue, the, the information on how much abuse happens to children in step-parent situations compared to biological situations, the numbers are so astronomically different that we should have better dialogue about the situation that sets you up, your children, not you personally, your children up, for the best success. People are not even striving for the situation that sets you up for the best. And again, if you have, cool. It's not a knock on you personally. Don't take this personal. We're talking about as an aggregate, and we've accepted that as the norm, and we don't even try for the best case scenario in a lot of cases. Your thoughts, Autumn, and then we'll go to a caller. And so first, uh, you know, I want to say that, you know, data's cool, statistics are cool, but when we're talking about life and lived experiences, numbers matter little. Um, 
when we're talking about, and I understand that in this scenario we're we're, we're speaking very uh, matter of fact or black and white, um, two married healthy individuals contributing to the, the upbringing of a child is better than, of course, than up someone going into it solo and saying, hey, I want to do this alone without, you know, assistance from someone else. Um, of course, a married uh, scenario or where you have two healthy individuals with the intent to raise a child together is good. That's, that's the best case scenario, of course. I'm not arguing with that. What, I'm, what I am disagreeing with is that we are making marriage the standard for today's society where so many different dynamics exist and we can't exclude lived experiences or prioritize numbers or data that span a broad number, a broad uh, a variety of people over unique lived experiences. And having had that uh, lived experience from both ends, what's better is that a child is brought up in a situation where there are two people, whether they are married or not, whether they are husband and wife, whether they are woman and woman, whether they are grandparent or parent and parent, that that child is, is brought up in a scenario where the, those two people or a multitude of people have the intent to love on and raise that child. Is it their job? I don't see parenting as a job. It is a privilege. And that's what I mean about the mindset has to change. When you talk about a job, it's something like that's laborious, something that's obligatory, and something that's contractual and transactional. When you're talking about um, privileges, this is something that you give to, that you little to no time expect to return from because you're pouring into, not with the expectation for them to give something back to you. And when you have a community that has that same mindset, it is far more healthy and conducive to raising a, a seed that um, is raised properly than someone who goes into a, a contractual obligation to raise a child with the expectation of giving and receiving as a job or a chore. So that's what I mean, you know, when I talk about relationship um, as it pertains to a child. I will never tell someone you have to be married and that's the best case scenario for this child. No, you have to have the same intent and love and, um, and expectation. We have to be on the same accord when it comes to that in raising this, this human being. Marriage is really so, to, has little to nothing to do with the success of a, of a healthy child. It's about the intent and the love that you have available for that child together. Mm-hmm. So, I would agree except because, no, obviously, if your marriage does not equal happiness, like spoiler alert, but the point is when, like, we create families and we create and families created, you know, traditionally through a marriage situation is because we are going in on the same page of one accord of what we're going to get accomplished. Now, if you don't even have that off the bat with someone, then it's not going to be successful or it's going to be very hard to make it successful because you're at odds from the start problem. And I mean, I disagree. Well, I don't want to say I disagree, but it is a job to parent. Like I don't have the privilege of trying to get five loads of laundry done today. That's my part of my responsibilities here. I have a responsibility. Now, we can name it nice words or whatever, but at the end of the day, I have a job to get done in my house and my family and so forth and so on. And it's the lack of a sense of responsibility and let alone a sense of urgency in meeting those responsibilities that has led to the dire situation that we're in. 
we have to have, like, a plan. You have to always, like, have a plan for something. It's not just kids pop up out of nowhere, and I'm going to figure out how to get it done. I think that sort of attitude has created, you know, the problematic situations or at least contributed to the problematic situations we find ourselves in, you know, as a social group. As a culture, right, from a group I think level. When I, when I speak to privilege of raising a child, I'm not talking about the external elements like the washing the dishes, the, the folding the clothes. Those are things that you could delegate or take on as you please or, you know, outsource that job for it if you have the resources for it. I'm talking about speaking into the emotional well-being of a child. That part, to me, is a privilege, and I don't think okay, that you can see it that privilege. way unless but you make a space for it There's a lot outside of that that needs to get done. It's not just, I'll just love you with all my heart and everything will be okay. That's like saying, well, I'll just love my husband and, we'll, and that will just be everything solved. We won't have any other problems. We'll just love each other. Like, that is not the reality of the situation at all in a marriage. If you just love each other, people get divorced, and it's not because they don't love each other. It's just other issues happen. So it's not as simple mm-hmm. as I can just be a good person. I can just, you know, just give her all the love that I have to give, and it will all be okay. Like, that's not realistic. You do have to do things. Yes, you are part of it, and it's going to be like a lot of effort to, to get the things done. Let me, um, before I get to the next caller, because I don't want to cut them off, we only got a few seconds. Um, Autumn, do you want the quick thing you just mentioned when you said, you felt, you said like the word, you said marriage has very little to do with what you were talking about. And if you're going to be conscious of raising that child to, to the degree that you're talking about, and this entity or this institution that I feel like people demonize it, in my opinion, from the standpoint of thinking about how hard it is for two people to pull that off. Do you not see, do you not consider that if your situation doesn't work out, then these other situations are default situations since the best scenario, which even you could agree with was two people consciously coming together, staying together to have these children And then the scenario I hear you talking about is what I think people should set up when it doesn't work out. But when we, in my opinion, when we highlight that marriage has very little to do with it, we have more people trying to set up things without, one, marriage, and two, they haven't figured out that other thing about the other person. Like, is this really going to work? It ends up being a default situation of people doing the best they can, and in more cases than not, it's not working out for our black children as a collective. Collective. Yeah, so the way that I view marriage and um, community when it comes to raising a child, marriage is a part of the structure. It is not the structure. Back in the day, even though my parents were married, even though my grandparents were married, they were a part of the structure um, of the foundation that, you know, contributed to raising me. When I stepped outside of their presence, it wasn't a default to go into the, to the public and figure things out. I had a community that was watching me. They are part of my structure. They are part of my upbringing. So even if they, you know, my parents or whoever divorced or were not together, I still had another part of that structure that was equally as important when it came to my upbringing as my parents. They, they probably were not the primary um, authoritative um, figures in my life, 
but they were equally, they were as important in, in, in their contribution to my upbringing. So when a marriage dissolves, it should not be it's the end of the world, now i got to go figure something else out. Those other pieces already need to be in place, and that's what I mean about building community and not objectifying people for their title, but seeing them as who they are in their spirit and in their intent. Teachers are part of our structure. Our structure. Coaches are a part of our structure. I don't go seek them out once things failed with my marriage. Those things were built out when, when I was married, even before I was married. Those are part, that's part of me having the space to employ someone or allow someone to be part of my life so that all those threads are already intertwined when that child comes into place. No, and, so and now, that's probably when the why marriage, marriage is what it is. I got to go get to go get to the break. But that's what um, I'm that's, saying. It's, right. it's, so, it's empowering women, empowering women to ask instead of waiting right. for things fall apart. Now we're begging. And I'm just saying, there. The reality is, more people are going into that situation without those things in place. And and yeah. and, you're, and, and, and that's and yeah, it's just that's the reality. That's the dialogue that we're discussing versus signing up. For a struggle situation, we're up against the break. But we'll if right we're talking back. solutions, we need to we're talk up about against the break. Up against the break. Up against the break. Up against the break. We'll be right back. Okay. And listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Truth seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons: to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the Connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance, along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African-Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. Now, one of the things that we're doing in our society, which I think is, I think it's absolutely appalling, is that we're making the case that all families are equal. Mm-hmm. It's like, sorry, no, wrong. And there's no empirical data supporting that proposition, by the way. It's much better for kids to have two parents. Okay. Now, who those parents are, that's a whole different issue. But. Okay, and if I could just uh, add one more thing. Um, how would you answer that question to, let's say, a daughter who was raised without a father? Because she would obviously have different ways to find those fragments of her missing father than, like, a boy would instead. Because obviously they're raised differently. At least they should have been. Well, I think it's the same issue, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think that another danger that emerges, and this is Freud's, of course, famous observation, is that, you know, if, if there's mom and child mm-hmm. or father and child, that relationship can get a little closer than it should. Okay. And then the lines get blurry and mixed. And I'm not saying that that happens to everyone, obviously, but, mm-hmm. but it's still a danger that, that's inherent in the situation. They're thrust together too tightly without sufficient resources. Okay. And so the responsibility has to be distributed more. And, like, I really do think that it's the sign of the degeneration of a society when... That when, when single parenthood becomes anything approximating the norm. It's okay. not a good idea. And, the, and part of the reason I believe that, and, and I think this has to do with the um, overwhelming selfishness of, 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 of modern life, is that marriage isn't for the people who are married. It's for the children, obviously. And like, if you can't handle that, grow the hell up. 
Ser no, I mean seriously. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. Once you, once you, once you have kids, it is not about you. Period. Now that doesn't mean it isn't about you at all. But that just seems so self-evident to me. I can't believe that anybody would even would even question it. Oh, it's been so, questioned. Oh, yes. Well, I'm certainly aware of that. Yes, it's questioned. It's almost illegal to question it now. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Autumn Sonata. This morning's discussion question, do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? Autumn, you were trying to finish up your comment um, before the break, so I want to let you finish before we go to the caller. Yeah, so no, I was saying that if we are going to, um, you know, move into a solutions mindset with this whole thing, we have to be open to hearing all sides of the coin. Um, it, it seems to me that we're more devoted to pushing an agenda of like a blind devotion to to the to the institution of marriage, and not to the end result, the product, the children. So we're focused on the relationship between two adults more than we are than the relationship with the children and how they would move about this world. It's more important, and I think it's healthier to consider the fact that once a child leaves that house, they have other relationships that they have to develop and fill out and move through. And if we're not exposing them to the reality that the world has changed, society has changed, different dynamics contribute to their mindset, um, then we're doing them a disservice. To only say that um, it's hard and that it's, it's, it's burdensome as a single parent to raise a child, not considering that there's so many other containers and factors and connections that contribute to a healthy uh, child's upbringing. It's, it's restricting the child to think that a mother and father, even if they are healthy in their own right, is the best way to do it. Not that it's the only way, but that it's the best way to do it. Because most of us know that even if you are well-intended and healthy and, and, and excited and loving about going into a marriage, when a child is introduced, when parenting is introduced, things can change really easily. You don't know how that person is going to perform in parenthood until they actually get there. So to set a child up or to set yourself up to believe that that's the best way to do it and not to consider any other factors or opportunities, and I call them opportunities because they are connections, opportunities, then you're setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. It's not to exclude marriage. It's to include other connections and making sure that that child is aware of those other connections. And that's my point. Yeah, I, I, I just, as a collective, we're experiencing the results everything else we're literally experiencing it and um that's not you know i understand that we're calling it data but the lived experience is the data that you see is the lived experience of that group so there's one side on one side of that group one side of that data and there's a group on the other side of that data and unfortunately if the majority of our children are struggling in certain dynamics highlighting that actual reality for our future generations becomes very important. So my question would be, is what is the solution in today's society, looking at the data and the lived experiences and 
the uh, components that play into um, a child's life now, what is the solution? Right. So oh, can I say something? Yeah, yeah, please, Hillary. Go ahead. Um, I feel like, okay, Autumn said the word agenda, but she said it almost like it was a bad word. Agenda is one of my favorite words. We have to have an agenda with your parenting and other relationships because the fact that we don't have ones having children willy-nilly with anybody is why we have resulted in the issues that we are facing. You have to have an agenda. There is a benefit. Well, obviously, assuming that the two parents, you know, are, you know, healthy and mature and settled enough to take on parenting or marriage or both, um, that should be an agenda, that you should be in a place where you are capable of successfully parenting a child or successfully maintaining a relationship if it's, if you're married or just or even if you're unmarried but together, whatever it is, that you can maintain a healthy relationship with this person that you are going to embark on one of the hardest things you will have to do together. So that is an agenda item that we should have. You should not well, be encouraging people to have children when they aren't capable of successfully doing that, whether it's because they're not emotionally prepared or they're not financially prepared or whatever it is. That is not something that should be encouraged. And when people are out here having babies willy-nilly, that is really what results a lot of the time. It's not mature uh, individual adults thinking, oh, I want to have a baby. I have something to offer this child, you know, to, you know, be a contributing member of the world. That's not what these situations usually are is, you know, they've been humping this person for a few months and they wind up pregnant and then, you know, mess ensues after that parent. Like, that's obviously not true. But it's just not something that I feel should be encouraged. Like, again, what is the the advantage of one person having a baby and then trying to create this whole village versus two people coming together with an intact village already and you have, you know, one from one, both parents. So I have double the community than somebody making up stuff on the fly. Like, what is the advantage to that? Like, and I feel like no one has answer that. There's no answer because there is none. There's no advantage to saying, yes, no, it's preferable for one person to just be figuring stuff out on the fly for the next, you know, 18 years or, you know, it's a lifetime responsibility. There's no advantage to that. There really isn't. So I feel like we shouldn't. So just to, there is. to clarify, as far as agenda, I meant in the root of this conversation, what is the purpose? Because sometimes we get so caught up in trying to make our point known that we're not actually seeking out a solution. Um, your perspective is different from mine, and that's fine. I think that's healthy because it, it, we're speaking to a collective of people who have varying perspectives. But at the end of the day, what are we pushing? What are we designing? What, what's the solution? What are we architecting as far as a solution? Um, in no way am I saying that someone should um, fantasize or or go out here and just have babies because they have the resources to do so. They have the financial resources or the backing to do so. I don't, I'm not saying that people should go out here and seek, seek out um, single parenthood. What I'm saying is that do not exclude other factors in raising a child. Marriage between two healthy people who have a village, that's best-case scenario, of course. Go for that. But marriage is just not – marriage is a piece of paper. When I think when people think about it, they think about a piece of paper. 
I'm talking about marriage in the way of a soul commitment to do something together. And that's the best case scenario when you're nurturing an environment where a child is supported in multiple ways, just not by two people who decide to sign a contract. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's best case scenario when you have people who love that child or who have the intention to contribute to a healthy environment. It has nothing to do with a piece of paper to me. Yeah, I, I respect well, what you're saying. Really, let me, it really uh, isn't just a piece of paper. Right, let me, we're it, like, like it's just a piece of paper is why, again, there's no agenda there. A piece of paper is not an agenda. You have to have a goal agenda. So we're going to get somewhere where this is what we're doing now. This is what we're going to be doing next year. This is what we're going to be doing in five years. That's, that's the marriage part. The paper part is right. not the marriage because anyone can go right. get no, what I'm saying is a lot of people can go get a diploma. It doesn't, or a degree. Is that, what does that mean? It's not, it's, yeah. that's I, not so what I love what, I love no. what just said. Let me up? jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick, y'all, because I got to go to a break. So just let me jump in real quick. So I love what, what you just said, Autumn, about that a lot of people think that. And so I want to just highlight um, and just let you hear this as well because of something you said. So when I played the cut from Jordan Peterson or whatever, when he says marriage is for the children, and, and so I would like to highlight just from a personal standpoint of our dialogue that I am actually focused on the children, uh, and that's what I think is something that is missing because when you focus on the children, it requires you to do beyond it being a piece of paper. So I agree with you, Autumn, that it's a lot of people mm-hmm. see it as just the paper, but when you understand what it is about and focus on the children, again, you don't have to agree with that part, but if you do focus on the children, then it requires all those additional steps that Hillary is talking yeah. about, and and that is the solution that a next generation does not hear enough of. When we reduce it to a paper mm-hmm. and demonize the word, part of the solution, I'm not saying this is the only solution, it's just highlighting the need to speak to what it is really about and not allowing it to be just a piece of paper. I'll let you respond out of this last break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. I didn't have it queued up. Give me a second. Let me queue up the last sponsor. We'll be right back. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Tell us about your new book, Manhood 101. Well, man, you know, like we talk about, we get thousands of participants that want to, or applications that come in. We get thousands of them. But we can't get to them all. 
Yeah. As passionate as I am about working with them, we can't get to them all. But what I found out is as much as we put into our boys, we have to put into the mothers and empower them because the boys are, are, are a product of their environment. If we give these boys all of this stuff that we're teaching them to show them manhood principles and they don't get anything, they go back to what they were doing. And sometimes the mama just don't know. Right. Because if he blowing past your rules now in your house, he goes out here and blow past rules in the, in the world. Right. So I've dedicated a lot of time, man, in seeing these principles work mm-hmm. from me and my mother and the things that she shared with me. I didn't want to play football. She said, you're going to play because she put me around men who had structure and value. We can't do it by ourselves. The mamas can't do it by themselves. Right. So I got principles in that book and experiences that a mom can take, and it's going to change their life. I've been seeing it happen. It happened with me, and it's happening with boys across this country and moms. Yeah. It's, uh, it's important. This man right here has some great information, but this book will help a lot of single mothers with boys. A lot of coping skills is in this book. Uh, special thanks to Frank and his family. Uh, you can get Frank's book, Manhood 101, A Single Mother's Guide to Raising a Son, on his website, frankharlem.com. And- frankharlem.com, possible resource for anybody out there listening. Do we actually have too much respect for single black mothers? Special guest co-host Autumn Sonata, as well as special guest Hillary Roberts. I am Black Socrates. We'll go ahead and continue this conversation. Autumn, you were speaking before the break, so I'll continue with you, and we'll definitely get to a caller after this. Yeah, so like I was saying uh, previously, it's not um, about marriage. And I think that we're putting so much emphasis on marriage that we're forgetting that the purpose of this is to focus on the impact of um, relationships and how it how it relates to a child and their upbringing. Our culture never required a contract to be committed to building a family. Western society put that contract there. And when you say tell someone that you're married, the first thing they assume is that you either share a last name, you signed a contract, you had a ceremony in, in, a, um, in a reception. When you say you're a parent, there's no contract even thought of. It's not a contract in place. No one can tell you how to parent. They can demonstrate you, but they can't tell you how to be a parent. And the same way that we consider parenting as something that you go into as a, as a lesson to be learned and something that is taught along the way is the same way we should go into relationship as it pertains to raising a child. We can't idolize marriage, the contract side of it, as the baseline for raising a healthy child. And I understand, Hillary, you have a better understanding of how that looks with good intent. A lot of people see marriage, like I just said, and they hear contract. And when single mothers are devoid of that contract, the mindset is that they're failing. The mindset is that they don't have the resources or the privilege to um, raise a healthy child because they're lacking something if they're not married. See, we have to be careful how we speak on single motherhood and how we prop up marriage to be the prize because that can communicate to a lot of women that, they're less than or that they're inferior or that they're incapable of doing a thing because they're not married. And so in that way, we have people out here trying to be superwomen. 
because they are told or convinced that they have to do everything on their own, when in actuality, they don't. But do we push the resources that single mothers have, or do we ask them if they need help? No, we praise them for being in pain and for taking on that burden instead of saying, yeah, you're great, you're doing a great job, you know, I don't see how you raise five children by yourself. They don't, people don't ask, are you doing it by yourself? Do you need help? Because we look to marriage being that, that structure that will take care of all of that. And, again, when women hear or when most single mothers hear that um, they're giving that praise, it's muffling their actual cry for help. So since someone expected me to perform and they're giving me praise for performing, they don't realize I'm tired, that I need help. But they're not asking me for that. They're just giving me praise. And so we don't reach out for those resources. We don't ask because then we'll be looked at as begging or as flawed. Yeah, let me ask a quick question right here, and I'm going to go to, to the caller, but just a quick question. So I, I see what you're saying. A part of my my, my thought process is the dialogue that we've culturally done what you're talking about so much that we actually prepare our children for that very scenario. And it to, if, if, if what I'm saying is the children are raised to possibly have to do it that way. That has become the unfortunate expectation, if that makes sense. I'm definitely not highlighting the contract of marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm highlighting all the things that we don't talk about that is, that is well more involved than the simple concept, concept. But I agree. People think of it as just a contract. That's not the goal of what's being highlighted. Um, area code 600. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Autumn. Go, go ahead, quick. Go ahead. So just for clarity on my end, is the um, assumption that we are praising single mothers to the point that where little girls are aspiring to do that based on that praise? I I think that's a a, a part of what's happening in our culture. Um, okay. And I was wondering, yeah, I'm wondering, are we willing to own that that has become, it's become, that's, that part has become a part mm-hmm. of it. That's you know what I'm saying. Are we willing to own that has become a part of it? I'm definitely not saying that's gotcha. it alone, if you will. But I do wonder has it gotten to the point to where now we will celebrate it? Not everyone's doing this, but it's happening to the point where nobody thinks nothing of it. I think that has become part gotcha. of our culture now. That is the part mm-hmm. part of the question, if if you will. I'm gonna go to 600. We only got five minutes. I'm gonna try to bang out at least two calls before we go. Last three, six zero zero. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents. I'm going to give you a one-minute response. I got callers behind you. Sorry, I didn't get to you earlier. Good, mo- good, good morning. It's Ephraim calling from Colorado Springs, enjoying the conversation um, and the perspectives. I was going to ask Autumn, you know, she kept asking what was – she kept saying that marriage is not the best solution. I was wondering what she thought was the better solution than marriage. Think. But she did. I, I, was glad, I was glad to hear her say that marriage for two healthy individuals with – a village already in place is the best ideal situation. So my my uh, point of view is, well, if that's the ideal, then the solution to what we're seeing right now is to push that ideal and explain, like you've been saying, Montoya and Hillary have been saying, people have to know what it, what it all entails to be in a marriage, not that it's just a piece of paper, it's a contract, which people have been saying forever, you know, which is ridiculous, and that what, that's what part of what's gotten us to where we are. Explain, you know, these things, traditionally marriage wasn't two individuals coming and signing a contract. It was two full families coming together and joining by blood so that they, those villages 
that we say is needed to raise a child were already there and they were in place. And when things get tough in the marriage, and those villages can step in and fill in the gaps where they're needed. And I mean, it's just like children need male and female influence, not just one or the other. They need both. That's why it takes two. That's why it takes both to create one. You know, it's, nah, it's no, it's thought, no accident that that's the case. No, nah, thank you for that. Thank you for that thought. Hey, Otto, real quick before I go to um, Kevin, um, again, I applaud and love what you're doing. Again, if you know, again, not just focusing on the numbers, but you're are in that success number despite what the numbers might say. Like, right, I know that about your family and love what you do. Uh, what type of if can you throw out just what type of information are you preparing your children knowing that you have four boys? Like, what are you encouraging for them? Because I think that's what's happening. One of the things that's missing the most. From our, is because of what we're doing now, the next generation is not hearing enough about what's ideal and, as Ephraim said, what all it entails. The reason we're effing it up, in my opinion, is you're not being told or taught what's entailed. You're not seeing it as a as a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a life experience. So, yeah, we're absolutely messing it up, and now we hate it because you didn't even know what it entailed. So how are you preparing, if you will, your thought to your children about that idea? I'm not saying that they have to get married. That's not what I'm saying to you. But yeah. what are you saying yeah, to them yeah. as far as how they might raise their family one day? Yeah, so my oldest is 20, and he's in a long-term relationship. And these talks, are they look like let people be who they are so that you can see who they really are. Stop objectifying people for whatever you see your path to be. Don't, don't think that your girlfriend is going to be your wife. Let her show you who she is and view out all angles of that thing. Her family, if you see her as being your future wife, see what the family is like. Take your time. Be patient. See who you are so and you can determine how they align together. It's not just male and female. It's feminine and masculine energy, which is not synonymous with the gender. So it's knowing how you move in that, in that field and knowing what you need as far as those complementing energies. And that way you can start from or uh, young adulthood to show that foundation to raise a healthy child. So it's the structure is, is not black and white, and that's how I teach my children. Go into it fully clear on who you are so that you can know who's for you. I love it. Um, do, do you have any public information you want to give out? We only got a couple of minutes, so I won't get to these last callers. But um, do you have any public information you want to give out? Because I want to give Hillary a, a last shot and to give out any public information you want to give out as well. Oh, okay. Um, social media, um, Facebook, Autumn Sonata on um, IG, I am Autumn Sonata and Autumn the model. Um, oh, Lord, a couple of things. Um, uh, my tech company that I'm working on, flynerd.org, and the book that I'm working on, Thank You Notes. So a few things. Oh, I look forward to that. Um, Hillary, we've got a minute and a half, so if you can um, make give a quick thought. And give out your public information if you have any. I don't know if you're doing that right now or not, but go ahead, Queen. Uh, yeah, I'm not really on social media too much these days, but um, okay. my Facebook is uh, Hillary Lauren, and um, my IG is A H I L O S. Sorry, H I L O S O P H Y. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not really on social media too much. But um, thank you for, for having me. Um, I appreciate it, and we had a good discussion. Um, and thanks again. No, absolutely. I loved it. Great dialogue. Um, yeah, everybody's passionate. Sorry I didn't get to all the callers today. I see y'all out there. I missed y'all. I'm going to close with a piece for my upcoming book. I know I keep talking about it, but I just put the cover out this week. And so I'm going to leave 
with these thoughts, and we'll end the show. But thank y'all so much, both of you, Autumn. Glad to have you in the fold as a queen of intellect. Hillary, I will throw out. I don't know how your how your time is coming now. That you know your church, your daughter's a little older, but uh, we'll be open to having you back in the circle as well. Just throwing that out. Well, with that said, okay. I'm gonna yep, gonna end with this piece. Our upcoming book, Re-Education of the Negro, Necessary Conversations on Race, Sex, and Cultures, and the piece is called Black Socrates Speaks, Sisters Raise Your Sons Too. My mother had me at 14 years old at a time when teenage pregnancy wasn't all that common, especially in the southern region known as the Bible Belt. As a matter of fact, our church had my mother, while pregnant at 13 years old, go before the congregation to confess and ask the church for forgiveness. Lord, help them. My paternal grandmother suggested that my father, 17 years old at the time, and my mother marry as a consequence. However, my parents were part of the second generation of students experiencing integration with the so-called opportunity to further their education. So my maternal grandmother stepped in and said no. Plus, she knew they were not ready for marriage. This was 1973 and the beginning of what I call the fatherless generation, meaning the point in which out-of-wedlock births surpassed marriage births with a father at home to help raise the children. Consequently, when asking the question, what does it take to make a black man commit today, we must recognize that most single black men today grew up without an example in the household to guide them. With that in mind, let's examine the results of the fatherless generation and its effects on available black men committing to and taking on the responsibility of exclusive relationships or marriage with available black women. Single mothers would typically do a great job preparing their daughters to be responsible adults. This in part is because they are women themselves and in part because they are unfortunately aware of the possibility that their daughters may also raise children on their own one day. One might think these single mothers would also raise their young sons to be more responsible than their fathers who may or may not be around. Although all, although all too often a young single mother treats her son like the man of the house prematurely by cooking and cleaning for him it, the way she never would for her daughter. All the while, a hyposexual society continues to encourage young boys to sow their proverbial wild oats. If that results in another teenage pregnancy, a single mother, prematurely a grandmother, steps up to take on her son's responsibility, allowing him to live his own life. Now we have a so-called man who expects women to cook and clean for him just as his mother did without having any real responsibilities. This is not an indictment on single mothers, but rather an honest assessment of how this vicious cycle continues to churn out boys men who never understand the responsibilities of a commitment to a child and a woman. Now, my wonderful mother didn't raise me to be the man of the house and made sure I had plenty of chores, including getting my own meals. She did the best she could with the sowing the wild oats part, but at least drove it in my head not to bring any babies home while under her roof. She disapproved of me having sex as a teenager, but educated and provided me with condoms as soon as she found out I was having sex. As her only child, my mother was determined that I not become a teenage father. She made it abundantly clear that if I had any children before marriage, the responsibility would be mine and mine only. Thanks to my mother, I'm a 48-year-old single black man who's never been married and has no children. Some people ask, what am I waiting for? So I tell them it's not easy navigating this field of new age independent women who don't need a man. Looks like daughters could use a daddy too. Just my three cents. All I ask is that you think. See y'all next Saturday. Enjoyed it. 